Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Hoopers Podcast. I'm your host, the president of the Hoopers, the headband warrior, Ben Roberts. My guest today, a lady who goes by many names, Am Ams. I don't go by that many names. And that's it, is it? Yeah. I I feel like we talked about this on on previous podcasts. And we decided you didn't have any nicknames. Is there nothing to do with Michaeli? Mackers. Mackers. No one calls it that way. Did you try and get that going and it just didn't quite take? I mean, I mean there was a point, point in sixth form, form where someone called me Macca for a little bit. bit. But, but yeah, it didn't, didn't really, really catch, catch on. on. Is there anything you could do with Mac? Mac- cool. She's so cool. She's cool. I'm in a McCooley. It does, it's not really. We're stretching here. It's Amina, Elizabeth, Anyton, McKaylee. A, a regular correspondence on the podcast whenever we need to discuss anything. I'm just popular. My episodes do better than the other ones. Well, it's just, I haven't looked at the stats for, for years, so I have no idea whether that's true or not, but it could be. I think I you think should you look, should at, look the at the stats. I listen to our ones. There are a lot of ones that I don't go back and listen to, but I do listen to our ones. Tend to. We pretty much have you on whenever there's anything woke to discuss. <laughs> I'm your, your resident, resident woke. woke. Yeah, because I. Uh, d- uh, we're going to talk about um, Prince Harry and D- Duchess Meghan in this podcast. She doesn't go by that, does she? No. They're just Harry and Meghan. No. It's just Harry. And- oh yeah, I get. But is he still a prince? I mean, I, mean, I, guess, I guess by birth he's a prince, but I don't, I don't think they're the Duchess. Don't think he deserves it. Yeah, it's just ha- has a Megan. So, I think their their titles. Oh my god, we should have fact checked. We already don't know a single thing about. We do. Harry's thirty-eight years old. Yeah, that's a good start. But I was going to say, I was. I wanted to do a Harry and Meghan podcast and someone suggested, I can't remember who, someone tweeted in or messaged me and said you should do a Harry and Meghan podcast. So I've been kind of shopping around to see if anyone was willing to stick up for Harry and Meghan and the the answer was a resounding no. What? I got a, I don't mean to jump into it straight away because we should have some chit chat (laughs) to start with so that we make the listeners feel at ease. So maybe we'll come back to the chit chat in a second, but... um, Tide seems to have turned since the Oprah interview. The Oprah interview came out and everyone was quite pro Harry and Meghan. I think it's just, just the Queen, queen dying. dying. I, think I think that's, that's why, why people are saying that. They're swung it against them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, they and they can't, can't help, help that someone, someone like, like they, they can't, can't help she died. died. Mm, maybe they could. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah. They were maybe she didn't need all that old. stress. Oh, God. She was old. But you're named after her. Of course. Yeah, yeah I am actually. I forgot about Your middle name? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do, 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 uh, what, uh, how, what amount of fondness do you, did you feel for the Queen? Do you feel for the royal family? Mm, like, like, I'm, I'm interested, interested in them because I'm interested in, in history and, and like, like the history of the royal family. family. Right. I don't I quite like the Queen. Queen. I, didn't I didn't really like, like a lot of the reaction, reaction when, when she died. Why? But, but I just I felt some people were being very melodramatic. Online. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and like, like, she's an old, old woman, just let her rest, rest in, in peace. peace. Yeah. I didn't really. You mean because everyone was so sad? Yeah, yeah but like, like I think there, a lot of, there was there a lot of performative, performative sadness. Oh, okay. I mean, there probably were. I seem to remember that there was actually. That I think I'm just forgetting. 
I can't actually remember any of it, but I remember thinking that people were being melodramatic. It was everywhere. everywhere. And like, like, literally every, every single person, person on social, social media, media put on, on some like, like random, random post, post about how much they, they love, love the Queen. queen. It was like, like I just yeah. don't, don't think that's, that's what needed. Like, I don't, I don't think, think the Queen, queen up in heaven is like waiting for your social media post about how much you thought, how great you thought she was. But you did think she was great. Yeah, I think. Oh, oh God, God, I haven't I really prepared my thoughts, my thoughts on the Queen. <laughs> uh, I had so many at the time. time. I, I wonder if I've got, got them in my notes at. But did you, how did you feel about them when you were growing up in this country, when you were kind of first... So, so we, we were a real, real Diana, Diana family. family. And, and I, think I think most, most immigrant, immigrant families, families are. are. Like, I, I feel, feel like, like Nigerian, Nigerian families and like Irish families tend to be pro-Diana. Why is that then? I don't like Because she's the people's princess... Like, like, I just I feel, feel like, like there's a real, real pro-Diana Diana movement. movement. And then, and then a la- la- I, remember, I remember, like, my mum being, being like, oh, the queen, she didn't, she didn't care enough about Diana. Diana. Uh, yeah, well, so I probably did, did grow up with, like, like a negative, negative right, slightly yeah. negative skew, actually. But she didn't care about Diana. You know, you know they, they didn't put, put the, the flag up at Balmoral when Diana died. And the queen didn't, like, put out a statement for ages. I know. I don't know much about the Diana thing other than conspiracy theory surrounding her death mm. I don't know a lot about kind of the dynamics of like how the royal family treated her obviously she was um, married to Charles married? yeah, yeah. married yes yeah. <laughs> I knew they had the children but but yeah. Princess Diana. I didn't realize. I only found out the other day, maybe through the docu- the Harry and Meghan documentary, actually, that Diana was like nineteen when she yeah, married she was like Charles or something. Like that. I, can't I can't remember, remember her actual age, age, but she was really young. That's amazing. Yeah, and yeah, he, he was, was like, like in his thirties, quite a yeah. big age gap. And without knowing too much, but I kind of have the general idea that she conducted herself with grace and. Um, you yeah. don't hear a lot of people speaking ill of Diana. No one speaks ill of Diana. So that tells me that she must have been a pretty good woman to be able to handle all that stress and media glare at 19. Yeah. Hmm. I, think I think she, she was. was. I feel I like we need a disclaimer up top that we don't have the facts. <laughs> we don't, we don't have any facts. Because we're like, like, yeah, I think, I think she was 19. 19. I mean, Harry might not even be 38. I might have read... Because I realised... Kidding me, that's your first fact you've got. I realise now that the thing I was looking at that said he was 38 might have, like... He might have had a birthday since that was written, if you know what I mean. I'll check it right now. I don't know when his birthday is. If his birthday is in, like, January, February, December... Then that, that might, might be, be out of date. date. But what's the... Um, uh, how old is Meg? I have in my head that Megan's maybe like 40s. I don't know. But let's disclaim that for the podcast. podcast. This isn't, isn't about, about the facts of exactly everything about, about Harry and Meghan and, and the royal family. family. This, this is more about, about their general feelings towards them. Yes. I'll tell you what. Prince Harry, 38. Yes! Go on that. There we go. Born on the 15th of September, so that's three days after me, but in a totally different year, so not that interesting. Um, and then what, Meghan Markle, I want I would guess she's 42. 41. Wow. So I'm a little bit older. Hey. Yeah, that's fine. Um, anyway, we, <laughs> that's fine. It was a, this day and age. Wow. Well, no, I mean, it's less common in this day and age, isn't it? It's probably, it was probably way more common back in the day. 
Like, like having, having a woman, a woman older, older than the oh, man. Oh, yeah, I suppose the woman's really older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the, when the woman's older, older, I think it's just always been uncommon. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. It's, it's actually, actually a point, point towards, towards Harry and Meghan that they're yeah, role modeling a relationship where the woman doesn't have to be like the younger, naive one. My woman is older. Yeah, yeah your, your woman, woman is older. Is older. See? Without Harry and Meghan, would you be with Layla? Would you think it's okay to date an older woman? I'm not sure. Yeah, of course. I, But I did have a, maybe not with older, but I remember thinking in school, I was always really worried about showing an interest in any girls that weren't in my year. Mm. If they were in the year above, I think that's fine. And then two years above, it's like they might as well be yeah, they're, they're 60. Too. But oh, then, I thought you could be like, they're, they're too old, old and cool. cool. Like, like, if you're, you're in well, year yeah, 10, you can't, can't get with someone in like... like no, no yeah, that is what I meant. They're too old and cool. Yeah. Like, they're, they're in a completely different world. <laughs> than but I always remember girls in the year below, I was always worried about people making fun of me for liking girls in the year below. I think that's, that's a good, a good thing, thing because, because I think there were some guys who went for girls in the year below as like, like easy targets. Target. It's like Definitely. not cool, cool guys in your year can, can go, go for girls in the year, year, year below and then yeah. they think he's cool. Whereas, Whereas you, you had the good sense to be like, I'm not going to pray on girls who's not old enough to know that I'm not cool. But you get quite a lot of, I remember a couple, not quite a lot, but I remember a couple of cases where guys were dating girls who were like, significantly younger yeah maybe like four or five years and in your teenage years that's That's, i mean illegal a lot yeah (laughs) literally (laughs) illegal but bad bad i'm i can't get on board with that i mean seeing as we speak with the royals as well prince andrew does that yeah that's just i was just trying to connect it back to the royals but i had nowhere to go yeah is that he He's been single for ages, is he? I don't actually know. I seem to remember because I watched that BBC interview, that really awkward one. Mm. And he, I remember him saying that he, that he spent a lot of that time single. So he was like going out partying. And so the press, that his version of events was that pre- the press portrayed that as him being like a playboy. But if he was, was going, going out, out partying and getting with loads of I guess young he girls, was a playboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's conjecture on the podcast, I know someone who knows someone who has been on nights out with Prince Harry, and apparently he's a proper... Um, what's a word for, like, top He likes having the ladies around... And he doesn't necessarily but what, how treat them all he? with reverence. Like, I, when was this? I don't know. Because if he was, like, like a 24-year-old prince with loads of money, mm-hmm. I, feel I feel like, like most, most boys, boys would, would do, do that. that. Yeah, I'd you imagine know? he's not like that these days. Yeah, I like to think that that's not how I'd act if I was a prince. But if I had grown up a prince... Yeah, yeah, you probably, probably would have a completely just, yeah. different sense of myself. So. And plus, when, when you, you go, go to, to the club, club there's probably, probably loads of girls hovering around you, so you would yeah. just, like, be like, yeah. okay. What are these clubs <laughs> that the royals are in, though? Mickey. What's that? That's, That's that, that club, club in central London, London that in, like, 2010, where the royals would go. What? And then what? So why didn't we go? I did go, but I went once after it was, like, not that cool anymore. 
<laughs> it's just oh, Prince okay. Andrew in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Prince I came for. <laughs> He's probably still there. Now, Prince Andrew, is, do you think there's a way back? Would, would Prince Andrew ever... Could he Could be, be redeemed? redeemed? Well, you don't have to really be redeemed because we don't. We're not asking a lot of him, are we? But could he? I guess he still has to stand and. Or is it pretty much his job is just to go to the funerals and? Yeah, dude. I guess as a royal, you don't really do anything anyway. So being cancelled is not really a big deal. But it is. That's what the documentary is about. About who, uh, you know the, the media. media. The media is a really big deal for the royals. Right. Wow. Harry likes to Okay, so you watched the Oprah interview, right? Yeah. Okay, and what did you think of that? I really I liked it. it. I mean, I watched, I watched it, at it at the time, time mm. but at, at the, the time, time I was like, like this, "This was a good interview. interview. This, this was interesting. interesting." Good, and you, you they came across as good. Yeah, yeah I think so. Okay, that's interesting. Because I think my first point. I guess we'll start with the Oprah interview, even though I can't really remember anything about it, but. My initial point that I want to put to you, and it's not really fair because I'm just giving you my perspective and there's nothing you can really answer about it, but I find with Megan in particular, there is, I just have a gut reaction which repels me, which makes me hate her. And it is like a, it's a gut visceral reaction to her. But do you think that has been put in you, you by, by the media, media over several years. Because I, I think a lot of people do have a gut dislike, dislike of her, but I don't think there's anything specific they point to. They're just, it's just like, oh, I just, I just don't like it. It's like, like well, you've had loads of newspapers and like tweets and all, and all these things, things telling you how awful she is. So maybe you just like internalise that. It's possible. I don't read any rags at all, really. So it's it's hard for me to imagine you know i'm not reading these articles where it says like oh, can you believe she's walking down the road on the wrong side of the road or something but maybe the fact that those stories are out there i've taken them on board somehow like second or third hand right. maybe do you remember like, like the, the wedding, wedding? Like, like when, when she first, first came on the scene, scene did you, did you feel, feel this gut reaction, reaction? No, I remember they did a they did an announcement of their engagement and I thought something was a bit off, but I still I think I wanted to like her and I could see how if she is being a genuine person who's just kind of shy and uh, nice, then that's good. So I think I wanted to see the good in her. So I you did gave her a chance. Yeah. So I went around saying that I liked her initially i think and but then looking back i think i could sense that something wasn't right i mean hindsight's 2020 yeah i mean i should have said it on the podcast at the time in 2017 or whenever it was but she comes across as disingenuous to me as just a general just listening to her speak and looking at her seeing how her body language matches up to what she's saying facial expressions, things like that, make me think this is not a good person. I liken it to Amber Heard. I feel like with, oh. with Amber Heard, I, th- I think there's a, a pretty clear parallel. You know, I think there's the a really clear parallel of how, how they've been, been demonized by people. Okay, you're going to stick up for Amber Heard yes. as well, are you? I seem to remember you saying, actually, that you quite like Amber Heard. I don't like or dislike Amber Heard. I think she was abused by a man and everyone started calling her crazy. And it was like, 
What do you do when a woman is speaking out about something? I'm sure she what I mean. We shouldn't get too into Louise with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, but mm. I'm sure um, she was, you know, you'd call that an abusive relationship. Probably on both sides, they were probably, it was probably just a super toxic relationship. But, but it, it can, can be, be abusive, abusive from, from both, both sides, sides but, but there's, there's no, no doubt, doubt that he was a lot older than her. He had a lot, lot more, more power than her. He had a lot more money and influence than her. So mm. it's, it's always, always going to be, be skewed. skewed. Uh... No, I don't think I agree with that. what in the, in the sense that you would say that it's always abusive in, no, a, no, in no. a toxic relationship. But the fact that you have more money and influence means that you're. More, I can see how it means that you're more likely to be able to wield that power over someone. Yeah. yeah so, so I think. I, think, oh, well, I, I haven't, haven't refreshed on this at all. all but, but what, what I, would I would say is what you would say. What I would say and what I am saying. <laughs> What, what I am, I am about, about to say. Yeah, what you're saying is this. <laughs> that <laughs> even if it was physically and emotionally abusive on both sides to each other, mm. the fact that he had so much more power and influence over her meant that he was able to be far more detrimental to her than she was to him. And I think there's a really interesting story, and I can't remember it completely, but his... Former PA, PA came, came out, out and was talking, talking about, about there was an incident on like a plane when, when he, he went, went off on her and was screaming at her and hitting her and stuff. Mm. And it's and like, if you're on this guy's private plane, plane like you, you can't fight back, back, you can't do anything. anything. When you, you get, get to the other side, it's really hard for you to find somewhere to go and get help. And when you're surrounded by like his PA and his agent and his when you're on the plane, it's hard to. When you're on the plane, but the plane's also a metaphor. Oh, okay. When, when you're physically, physically and emotionally in someone's, someone's power, then it's bad. <laughs> yeah, but when that whole thing uh, came out, the Amber Heard thing, she wielded the power over him because she came out with those articles basically defaming him as, a, as, a, as an abuser. And I'm not saying that was right or wrong. But she wielded the power there in a in the age of Me Too. Johnny Depp wasn't able to come out and say, "I." But, but he, he is. is like, like he's, he's allowed. If she's, 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 she's experienced, she's allowed to do an op-ed, op-ed talking about the abuse experience. As I remember, this was in the Washington Post, and she never named him in that. She talked, she talked about, about a relationship, relationship that she had. had. Right, but so that was, was the whole thing. thing. And, then and then he managed to successfully sue for defamation. And the and Washington Post made it like, instead, instead of being against, against them, it was, it was against, against, they made, they made it, it be like, well, it's her op ed, so make it against her, whereas it would usually be against the publication. I also have a podcast about this, which I need to re listen to so I can get all my points. Okay, about the Johnny Depp thing. Yeah, but it's. I'm not saying she didn't have a right to do that op-ed. Well, I mean, I guess she was sued, so you could argue that she didn't have a right to do it in that way. But she had a right to tell her version of events. But all I'm saying is that she wielded the power. She had more power in that because a woman who is claiming abuse against a man has more power than a man claiming abuse against a woman. I mean, my. I'll edit this part out, but... society um, approaches things like that so people are more likely to come to a woman's aid or or believe a woman or um 
kind of side with her in that. But, but obviously Johnny Depp managed to um, get things back on track. But I think, to get back to my original point that I was making 15 minutes ago, that it's similar to that in that people watched the trial and found her disingenuous, and that's how the t tide turned. I don't think the tide turned because of Johnny Depp's brilliant lawyers, although the, his lawyer was much better than Amber Heard's lawyer. It, the tide turned because of just general public reaction of seeing her speak for the first time. I think it's different when... But I feel like that general public, public reaction is very manipulated when you have a lot of articles being like, look, look how fake she is, look, look she looks look down, down at that, that moment. moment. And then and you, you start, start to read those things, things. and even if you don't you read, read it, it, there's so many pop culture things where it's like the butt of the joke or it's just like mentioned offhand in this TV show or this podcast that it does seep into you. And that's the whole point of disinformation. Like, maybe this is a world conspiracy theory, but I think it is part of the disinformation campaign. I think there were loads of bots who, who come, come up, up with negative, negative tweets about, about both Megan and Amber that feeds into, into this narrative. Okay, alright, that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that we'll never be able to kind of prove or disprove to what extent that is having an effect in these cases. Because obviously I'm here and I'm chatting about how much I hate Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. And I like to think that I'm not influenced by the bots. But I guess we'll never know to what extent I've been influenced by the Daily Mail and and people um, trying to influence me. But why why, why do you hate, hate Megan, <laughs> Harry, Harry and Meghan? I I hate as soon as that um, Oprah interview happened, I found their points to be not backed up properly. They're making some big points and their and their evidence is vague to say the least. They kind of drop bombs and then dance around explaining it and leave open to interpretation um, and leave people to attack the, the royals. I gen Generally speaking, I like the royals. I think they're kind of... They kind of serve a purpose. What purpose? Uh, as like overseers of the, as, of the country. They kind of keep us... Uh, in line to some extent. So they, so they keep, keep the, the masses, masses in line? Yeah, they're kind of a, they almost act like a god-like, I suppose historically they are supposed to be mm. god descendants god of god? Or? God, god, god representatives on earth. Okay, Th they kind of work in that way where they're kind of above the parliament and they don't really get involved in much, or maybe you could point to stuff that they've gotten involved in, but I feel like they they almost act as like babysitters for the the country. Do you think we need babysitters? Yeah, yeah. But do you think law and order would break down without them? Probably not break down, but I think there would probably just be less harmony. Not that there's not harmony. At the so moment, do you think I feel like decorum? I think decorum is that they're a symbol of Britishness and that they bring they unite people in the country under. A shared, shared value or a shared... I think something like that, yeah. To, to have them as a symbol of... I'm not saying what a family should be, but just kind of... It's supposed to act... Or supposed to be a representation of decency and generosity and um, uh, politeness... Mm -hmm. Because yeah, I don't, day -day yeah. I just, I just can't, can't understand the idea. idea. I, feel I feel like the royals, like the royals don't, don't actually do anything, anything in terms of bringing the country together. together. Like, like the royals, 
they do a lot of charity work and appearances and that is their job like they're pretty much like influencers but we pay them to kind of be symbols and representatives of the country and do like good works so I think like the only way they can bring people together or create some kind of Overseeing godlike nature, nature is symbolic, symbolic rather, rather than, than. Yeah, I think it's symbolic. I think it's 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 a symbolic purpose that they serve. That's what I'd say. Mm. So to hear them, to hear Harry and Meghan throwing these jabs at on the um, Oprah interview and talking about racism, and but then not really backing that up, and then there was lots of petty stuff about. Kate and Megan, who had made who cry and who who was mean to who. And I just remember thinking, this is just ridiculous. You've called this interview. I don't know if they called it, but they're in this interview with the most famous interviewer on the planet. You know this is going to get in- incredible traction. And you're, what's the phrase? Putting up dirty laundry? Wasn't so I think that's why a lot of people have an issue with them. them. So... Ultimately, Ultimately, I would, I would say, say about that, that Oprah interview, interview even, even like with, with the documentary in the book, I was a bit like, oh, why, why are they talking so much? Why are they everywhere? everywhere? But at the end, end of the day, it's us. Like, like we, we are feeding that machine. machine. They, they are, are in the newspapers, newspapers all the time. We, we want, want to know how, how many people did want to watch that Oprah interview. So it was their opportunity to set their own narrative. And this idea of airing dirty laundry in public, I think that's everything that's wrong with the royals. We're saying they're this symbol of politeness and how you should act. But actually, is, is that, that a good, good thing, thing in terms, in terms of, modern of modern values? Because, because at the end, end of the day, day yeah, air and dirty laundry in public, public you're, you're just saying, saying oh, you should shut, shut up and put up, stiff up a lip. Whereas what Harry and Meghan are doing, they're saying, you know what, we don't want to live like this, it's not okay, and this institution is not okay, and maybe we can change the institution. I think that's what they want to do from within it, before they left, and now they've left, they're saying... You know, you know what, what actually, we're, we're looking, looking to this, this family as this idea of British values or how you should act. But, like, there's so much stuff in that family that they've done that is not how you should act. How did they want to change it from within it? So What's their vision for the royal family? I think their vision was that Meghan would sort of be some fresh blood, obviously appeal, like, to diversity within Britain, be able to do lots of work with the Commonwealth. And I think... Like, like one, one of Harry's, Harry's main charities, charities is taking on some of Diana's work in terms of like AIDS charities and working like Africa with like landmines. Mm. So I think so they, they wanted, wanted to really like push that. that. Um, I, think I think Harry obviously wanted to do a lot of stuff with male suicide and male mental health. So they wanted to like speak more to sort of mental health and stuff. Megan did a lot of stuff with Grenfell and like diverse communities and helping out with the mosque and the cookbook. So, so I think, I think they, they wanted to sort of modernise the royal family and show that it could be slightly more emotional and, and like, like have um, work for this like range of causes that might be a bit closer to a, a bigger range of Britons. Right, but didn't they do? In, uh, they were allowed to do that. I mean, to to what extent that's a change? I don't know. I don't know to what extent the royal family were getting involved with those kinds of causes before. But let's say that they weren't. Then, and then they did that, and then so, so what's wrong with that? No, I'm no, saying, saying I think that's, that's the direction, direction they wanted, they wanted to, go to go in, but they, they weren't being well, their, their narrative is that they weren't being allowed to go and like, like be the representatives they wanted to be, and actually, a lot of the time they were thrown under the bus. But where weren't they allowed? 
So, so there's, there's, a, there's a story that, that Harry had in his book, book and it was something about wildlife conservation in Africa, and, and he really wanted, wanted to um, do some work on that, and then William was like, no, that's my charity. So I think they all have their own separate charities or causes that they're the base of, and I think they do need to get permission because there's only a set amount of money, so I think Charles or someone controls the budget and who can do what. So there's also a story about Harry wanting to do this like charity Olympics game, and then Charles was like, oh, there wasn't enough money or something. I think he actually ended up doing it in the end. But I feel like there is... Um, you do, you do sort, sort of have to choose your causes and, and, and like, like apply for how much you can give them, them and then yeah, that makes it's sense. part of like also the schedule and the tour schedule yeah stuff like that yeah so i think but there is an amount of control but and that's not quite what you said at the start was that they, they had a vision of how they wanted to um be royals I think and they, they did. weren't able to they weren't allowed to i think that. ultimately it was untenable so again from what i understand from their side is, is that, that the royals are always in the media, media and a lot, a lot of the time their press people sort of fight, fight against, against each other to push each other under, under the bus. bus. So there's so like a long tradition of, of if there's a negative story coming out about Charles, Charles, Charles will say, well, well Harry did this, this to try and say, okay, okay kill, kill the negative story about me and run this story about Harry instead. And I think their story is very much like the media turned against Meghan and in, from, from inside, inside the palace, palace people, people kept, kept feeding negative, negative stories about, about Meghan to protect themselves. The, um, I, I understand that that's what the documentary is, is saying. That's what Prince yeah, Harry yeah, and Meghan... Yeah. I find that very hard to believe that no matter how dysfunctional a family is, the idea that Charles is putting out hit pieces on Harry, his son, because he Charles doesn't one to I mean the hit pieces on Charles would be what this is stuff about so like Camilla like doesn't the William cheating rumours yeah about a lot of stories about, about Meghan were fed to try and suppress that, that in the press and, and I actually think that, that is possible so, so one of the things critiques I have of Harry in particular is that I don't think he understands the way the media works so he's like why are they writing all these mean things about me and it's like because sometimes people are mean and you just need to like mean things get the most and yeah you need to pick your battles and I think sometimes he's trying to like fight all these things about Harry and Meghan it's like like, actually, actually concentrate, concentrate on the racism in the big, big ones if you want to like, like kill that. that. The, the things about like the nail varnish and stuff, just let it go, go or like who make who, who cry. But as a press officer, and because, and because I don't know, we'll keep this in, I don't like my job. So, government comms and palace comms are quite close. So, like, for example, for the royal wedding, they like try and get government press officers to like help man the royal wedding because they always need loads of people and like. There was, there was a position, position actually, like, like the comms, comms position in the palace a couple of years ago that I thought about going for because it's like advertised on civil service jobs. Mm. And, and it's like a really similar um, thing of like in the government, government especially in the news desk, the best thing is when the lead papers are like Department of Health and you're working Department for Education because you know you get a respite and you do sort of, and the people within number 10, they will balance sort of the story. So there's always a grid you sort of know which, which department, department or which, or which policy, policy is going to be leading, leading the media cycle, cycle. and there's like, like a very clear way you read it in right. so, so I completely can see how you have press secretaries for each of pair of royals or whatever, whatever. and those and press, press secretaries are are competing right. but it's not in a malicious way and I think the problem is Harry doesn't really understand how media works so he thinks it's more malicious I don't think it's Charles calling up the editor of the Daily Mail saying well Harry got a 
GCSE. I bet he did. I think it's more like you have a conversation with a journalist or an editor and you say, you know bad news coming out, you just sort of try and finagle it and... It's a bit it's a more bit like... More so what are they... Give me an example of one of these stories that was fed to the press, like a negative story. I told you, I don't have the facts. Okay, but I'm going to try and... What kind, what, of th- what kind of thing would it be? Oh, God. Because I watched the documentary and the kind of stuff they're saying, they're splicing together things and they're saying like, and then before you know it, negative articles are leaked to the press and then they put up these like headlines bah, 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 bah. but then I'm re- I'm pausing it and looking at the headlines some of the headlines are just like Megan's wearing a shit dress today I'm like that's not that's not a leak that's just mm. that's that's people profiting off Megan's misery or whatever there's people piling on Megan because they they want um either they want to attract negativity or they just want to feed off people's negative perceptions of her but that's very different to a leak mm. and i feel like they're conflating the two to yeah they're, and they're making it just kind of one big puff of smoke so that nothing is everything's so vague and i don't trust what they're identifying as leaks to being leaks i'm sure just some of the stuff might have been leaked from the palace is there is there a version of events that they're not leaking stories yeah, yeah, I, I think, think so. Because I remember in the documentary... How many, How much of the documentary have you seen? I know. I might have seen that, that bit. What, what, what? I remember there was a bit where Harry and... W- there was a story in the press about that Will had been bullying Meghan inside the palace. And then the, the palace put out a joint statement from Harry and Will saying, this is nonsense... You know, the speculation's got to stop. And Harry was furious because he said he didn't sign his name to the, to that statement. Have you got that far? I didn't, I didn't see, see that, that bit, but oh. I... Yeah, yeah go, on. go on. Well, my, my point is, who leaked the story about Megan being bullied by Will? I don't know. I would imagine that that would come from, if not Megan or Harry, then someone from their team, Right. Maybe, if it yeah. is a leak at all. Yeah, yeah. Or it could or just, just be, be bullshit article. article. It could be bullshit article, but then how how is Harry differentiating between bullshit articles and leaks? And that, that, that's, that's what I think. think. That's, that's why I'm like, I don't, I don't think, think Harry understands how the media, media works. works. And I, I do, do think, think he is conflating, like, like, really, really minor, minor like, like, she's wearing, wearing a sh- dress, dress with, yeah. like, bigger issues. So I'm not saying, I don't think Harry's very clever. But I get that impression as well. I get the impression that Harry's not that clever. But what I defend in terms of Harry and Meghan is their ultimate right to say what they want, do what they want, and break from the royal family. And I don't think them airing dirty laundry or just saying their experiences is a bad thing. Like to be honest, I think I'm coming from the point of view is like anywhere in life, if you do something bad to me and then I speak about it. You, you can't, can't be, be like, like oh, oh no, why, why did you, you paint, paint me in a bad, bad light? It's like, like, well, you, you shouldn't, shouldn't have done, done the bad, bad thing. thing. Right, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, do, uh, what I think about that is, uh, that's fine if I did something to Harry and then he went out and talked about it, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have reason to say, hey, you can't say that. But I didn't do anything to Harry. The, the royals apparently did something to Harry and he's gone and spoke about it. The royals haven't said anything in return. Um, and I, as a, you know, somewhat of a, um, what do you call it, um, impartial witness to proceedings, 
I'm, ma- I'm coming to the opinion that he's airing things that don't need to be aired. I mean, this is stuff that if, th- if this happened to me and my family, I wouldn't make a Facebook status about it. But, but I, think I think the, the difference, difference is that the, the royal, royal family aren't just, just a family, family they're a business. business. So, so I, I think, think that's, that's why he's airing some of this stuff. But he's saying he doesn't want to be in the royal family anymore. Yeah. yeah. So why does he need to be a part of this business? He, he doesn't why need a business. No, 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 but like, like I, guess I guess there's, there's a, whole a whole other side, side to it, it which, which is like, like why, why are they, they still airing it? it? Because, because one, they, they want to get, get across, across their, their point, point of view. view. I don't I think, think it's necessarily done it. helping They've them. They've done it. How many interviews do they need to get their point of view across? Well, originally they just did the Oprah interview. It's just now that they've got the book out. Yeah, originally Oprah interview, I thought that was a bit silly, but fine. Then the documentary, I thought, was so so over the top, so such an attack on on Harry's own family. I thought I thought it was so classless the the entire thing. But I feel like you're putting on some family values that aren't there. Like Harry talked about how once, like I think Charles was five years old, his mother never hugged him. When when Charles told him Diana died, he didn't like give him a, a hug, hug or a kid. Like, like you just, just told, told him and then the next day it was business as usual. I think there's a very different relationship within that family. But that is apparent. Um, a third party has said that that is wrong and that Charles did hug him as soon as that news came. But I'll, it, 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 Harry describes that as, or what is it? Harry describes that as Charles putting a hand on his leg and, tell, and telling him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some would describe that as a, as a, a warming um, fatherly gesture. I feel like Harry is seeing everything through the lens of being a victim mm-hmm. and being under attack and feeling like the world's against him. Particularly, obviously, his father's had this affair with, mm-hmm. um, with his now wife behind Harry's mother's back. So that's fine. And I guess he still has resentment about that. After, I didn't mean to say, and that's fine. Obviously, that's not fine. You shouldn't have affairs behind your, your wife's back. But I mean, that's fine to hold resentment about something like that. But I don't trust Harry to be seeing things through a clear lens. No, no I, don't. I don't. I don't, I don't trust, trust the royal. Like, I, don't I don't think, think anyone, anyone is purely... But the royals aren't is. telling us anything. I know, I because that, that is the royal way. way. That's, that's how they handle media. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's it's it's working. I think that's the correct way. I think that's how people should handle things like this. I think Harry's been classless. I, th- I think Meghan has st- stoked the fire. I used to think that it was all Meghan's fault because I kind of had this idea in my head of, you know, he, he was fine and everyone liked Harry. So I believe this narrative about Meghan coming in and kind of changing him and poisoning his mind and stuff. But the more interviews I see from Harry, I think this is a ha- very much a Harry problem. Yeah. That Harry is... Um, I think because of what happened to Diana and the paparazzi and, and that adversarial relationship that Diana had with the paparazzi and the royal family itself, Harry has recreated that same fight, mm. tried to impose his mother onto his now wife uh, in an attempt to redo the situation and try and save his mother Mm. from the paparazzi i think what comes across in the documentary and in the book from the like three excerpts i've read of the book is that he has some weird love thing with his mother i'm not saying it's weird to love your mother i'm saying it's 
the way he loves her is weird, or the way I he, think he's just, just got, got trauma. trauma. Like, like he was, was what, like, like seven, seven or something when she died. died. I think. I think- there's, there's just, just deep, deep trauma there, and, and I think, think you're right. right. He, he is painting himself as a victim, and I think he feels like a victim. And I think a lot of what he's actually trying to say isn't about his relationship with the royals. I think a lot of it is about his relationship with the media, and he is trying to do this again with his wife. I'm not saying that it's like like healthy, but I can understand why. If if since you were born, people were constantly writing media stories with you. And, and you always had paparazzi following you, you and people, people were making, making up lies about you in the media or were putting truth into the media and you don't know how they found it out. out. And your, your mother, mother dies because she's literally being chased by media. media. I, can I can see, see how, how this, how, how you would come, come to this conclusion. <clears throat> and I think the victim mentality, not that I agree with this, but I do think it comes from this idea of like, I was born into this and I didn't have a choice. And he does see himself as a victim of like, I never had a choice. I never chose to be famous. I never chose to be known. I didn't, I didn't choose, choose to be part, part of this world, world at all. all. And, and why, why can't, can't I opt out of it? And, and I'm a victim of the media yeah. and of this world. He totally can't. Just to be clear, I have no problem with Prince Harry leaving the royal family if he wants to abdicate from his royal duties. Is that right? Did I say that yeah. right? Um, there's that guy in the 50s, wasn't there, that did that? Mm. Didn't the king abdicate before yeah. Elizabeth? I don't know too much about that, but he I want... He married an American, American divorcee. divorcee. That's, That's the whole point. Oh, there you go. It's exactly the same, <laughs> well, is it? Well, it's Edward... Oh, Edward the Seventh. I want to say, yeah. um, abdicated, abdicated after, I think, about a year to Elizabeth's father, George V. Damn. He was, he was the second, second son. Because I, all I really know about, I don't really know anything about it other than I watched The Crown. Have you seen The Crown? Yeah. yeah. And I watched that bit in it, I think, obviously, because... It's the it's crown. Interesting. Yeah. Oh no! Because no, I haven't watched, watched the whole of the crown. crown. I just watched random, random bits. That I think it must have been. I've only seen season one, so yeah, that must have been bit. season one. And um, and so the crown is quite difficult to follow for me because they're all talking in posh. Like, I don't really, <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand what they're saying a lot. So I'm kind of just picking up the vibe more than anything. So everything I know from that is more just I have an understanding of the vibe of what happened. Um. Yes, anyway, he did that, and that's absolutely fine. You know, I've got no problem if you don't want to be the king, then you shouldn't be the king. Um, and, you know, or, uh, much admiration for anyone who does devote their life to being the king or prince or whatever it is, because I, I know it's not as easy as Disney would tell us it is. <laughs> um, so that's absolutely fine that, that Harry doesn't want to... He wants to move to California. Cool. But the interviews are what I have a problem with, and the book... Mm-hmm. Like, if he wants to separate from the royal family, why do these interviews? Because he wants wants to make money. money. And, and at the, the end, end of the day, day people, people are really, really interested in, I don't know how, how much Netflix, Netflix paid for that documentary. I'm assuming it was a hell of a lot. Yeah. It was a hundred million, apparently. If someone, if someone was offering you a hundred million to tell your story the way you want it to be told to make you look good. To sell out your family. I think maybe that relationship with his family has already been so severed. Maybe he thought... But isn't there just... even My relationship with my family is fine, but I'm trying to think if it... What would need to happen to get to a point where I would be comfortable writing a hit piece about my family that the entire world is going to see is going to be like the most watched... But he thinks it's not a hit piece. He thinks of himself as a victim and he wants to share his experiences. So I don't think he's looking at it like I'm writing a hit piece. But he must be able to see 
that that documentary is an attack on the royal family. But I guess, I guess for him, him he, started he started this new family, family with Meghan. He, he feels, feels like when Meghan, Meghan was suicidal, people, his family weren't there. They, they weren't helping them. They weren't helping them at their toughest time. Right. So I guess so maybe he feels like, like why, why am I continuing to have loyalty to this family that isn't helping me and doesn't love me? I think that's a very, isn't that a very self-centered way of looking at family? Yeah, but how would you look at family? Well, it's just kind of an intangible thing that you have loyalty towards and that you shouldn't write hit pieces in the media about. <laughs> but if your family did... I don't, I don't, I don't believe, believe that you, you need to have unwavering devotion to your family. I feel like if your family... No, you don't. I'm not saying, like, you know, you have to drop everything and come around every time you um, they ask, no matter how how they are towards you. I'm saying... There's a certain level of decency. You don't go around kind of publishing it on Facebook. Or I understand the the royals are different because their lives play out in the public eye. But I don't see why. If Harry is saying that he wants to get away from all of that, he wants to get away from the public eye, why does he care? Why does he need the public or the media to be on his side? Why, Why does he care about telling his... I think he wants to be like... I think him and Meghan... They want, they want to be, to be liked. liked. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's sad. sad. I, think I think that's part of the thing of them conflating a lot of media stories. Like, I think when they have see a story with Megan wearing a dress, they're like, oh, no. But we spent loads of time picking out that dress. And they just want everyone to know how much everything. Like, we didn't do it on purpose. You have to understand that. And they can't just let that go. And I think maybe that's an insecurity in both of them that they need to work through. Yeah, I totally agree with that. They come across as, if I may use a word that I don't really... I always use this word without really knowing what it means, but I think I'm using it in the right context here. I think they're both begs. <laughs> I think they're total begs. Yeah. And that is basically what I'm saying. They are self-centered. They are concerned with their own... But maintaining their own sense of self and everyone has to agree with them. I feel like these interviews aren't going to, to be fair, they've quieted down for like the last month or so. But I have a feeling that we're not going to stop hearing from them until everyone agrees with them. Well, we're not, not going to stop hearing from them because, because they don't they have, have jobs, jobs anymore. anymore. Yeah. So, so this, this is, is their job. job. They're, 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 like, like I said before, they're, they're social, social media influencers. influencers. It's, it's the big today. They are public figures or personalities. Yeah. So, so I, think I think we won't, won't stop, stop hearing from them because this is what they're going to be doing from now on. Yeah. I just think it's, you know, not certainly not to be admired. But you think, despite saying all that, you quite like them? Yeah, I don't think... I think I, think I understand, understand where they're, they're coming from, and I think everyone's self-centered. I don't think, you know, you're saying that they are, but Harry, what have what what Will and Kate done to make me think they're, they're so generous and self-serving and completely different to Harry and Meghan that they're not thinking about their own image and how they come across? Well, because they haven't done an interview slandering Harry and Meghan, even though they have themselves been slandered by those two. In the documentary, and I'd imagine in the book, isn't there something in the book about Will assaulting him or something? Yeah, it's quite minor. Yeah, it's a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, so that's what makes me think. I don't necessarily think Will and Kate are, I have no idea whether they're amazing human beings or not. They used to live right by my house in, in Wales, mm. so they're kind of neighbors of mine. <laughs> my mum's got, got a personal, personal connection. connection. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
declared this vested interest. My mum saw Kate in Waitrose once. My mum saw someone and she she said, "Oh, that that coat is so nice. I'll just keep looking." And then she turned around and it was Kate Middleton. No security or anything, which I find hard to believe. When was it? Twenty twelve. That was around the time they got married. Yeah, just after they got married, they moved to Wales for some privacy. And uh, I don't know enough. I don't follow enough of Daily Mail and to know whether they achieved privacy or not. But I don't remember much for all about Kate and Will post marriage. No, I do. I tend to think they kind of kept to themselves. And obviously, there was a furore about the baby because the baby would, would, is going to be a king one yeah. day. Yeah. But that's, that's the, the thing, thing with Harry and Meghan, it feels, feels like, because, because there was, it, it was, was so much, much for about, about Meghan post-marriage, post-marriage. I think and that's, that's how, how it's got, got to this point. point. But how, the, uh, didn't they, uh, what, what do you think created that for all? I don't, I don't know, know, because... Why is it different from Kate? I don't, I don't know, know why, why the media, media sort of picked, picked up and ran with Meghan. Meghan. Because, because there's, there's like, like constant, constant articles about what she was doing. Maybe, Maybe because, because she was American, American and because, because she was mixed, mixed race, race that it was, it was more interesting. There was a more of an ongoing, ongoing narrative to follow. follow. But once, once Kate, Kate was, in, was married, it was a bit like, okay. Yeah, and obviously okay. I've seen those, um, the, the documentary does that contrast of like, this is what the paper said about mm-hmm. Kate and this is what they said about Megan. And it's basically the same thing they've done, but, you know, one mm-hmm. uh, one article saying that Kate's amazing, one saying that Megan's a and so that is is weird why that has happened. I don't put it down to uh, racism. I put it mainly down to the the atmosphere and relationship that Megan fostered with the media versus Kate's one. I think what I glean from the documentary is that with the royal family, there's a bit of a, a wink and a nudge with the media mm. and you kind of play the game. And uh, yeah, I think their press secretary must have been awful. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it sounds, <laughs> like it sounds like they didn't have one. Almost, they're just kind of doing what they what they fancy. Uh-huh. But um, d- I, there's something I don't remember the. G- I only remember the gist of it in the documentary. Megan saying she did something, or she said something to the press, and the press didn't like. Like she said, "Stop taking photos of me," or or something. Wasn't there something like that? Oh, well, they put a statement out. Didn't Harry put a statement out saying... I like, leave my, my wife alone. But yeah. that, that was after. After what? After, after a lot of the articles, articles I, think. I think. But I think that was early on, and I'd imagine that that could have been a turning, but I think that would have just yeah. been, like, the odd negative article. Yeah, yeah it like, 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 I, th- I think he handled it badly, and I think mm. it kind of spurred on the media to think we can get a, a rise out of them if we mm. if we keep if we keep on on at her. What do you think of the racism claims that they're making? I think they're true. In what? Go on, back it, back it up. I think, I think the, problem the problem is a lot, a lot of people, people want, want hard things, things of like, like this, this person, person said the N word to Megan or something. I think. Actually, it's, it's a lot, lot more insidious, insidious and, and I think, think it is in those, the difference in those articles and the difference in tone. I think the, everything in terms of the racism has been stated, and if you want to deny that, that, then 
I'm not here to necessarily argue you differently with you. With the tone, I feel like... Um, Obviously, there is a difference in tone, like I said, between the K- the Kate articles and the and the um, what's her name, Megan, Megan <laughs> articles. Um, but I feel like can't that kind of be answered with what I said about them just having a different relationship with the media rather than it, than it being a racial um, issue. It can, it can, but, but then, then you've got to look at why, why that, that relationship, relationship is there. Like, like why, why is the relationship different? The, the, the documentary kind of made it seem to me... They, they almost told the story of how Megan kind of fell out with the media. And it didn't seem to be, have anything to do with racism that bit to me. It was kind of a, a thing about how Megan wasn't interacting with them or wasn't waving at them, and then she was told to do this, and then Harry put that statement out, and then that's kind of when it. That seemed to me kind of how the how the tubes got tied there. But I think, I think things can, can be working, working on more than one level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think, how would we ever, if we're saying that racism is almost like a a dark cloud looming over the the, the media I think portrayals. It's just another, like, I think it's a social context as part of how the media views it. So I don't think it's like a dark cloud, I think it's part of the context in which they're operating in. Is that just kind of... Are we just kind of guessing? No, because yeah, I, I think there's loads... I think, like, like lots of stuff has come out that most people be aware of, like, the... The, the picture, picture of Archie, Archie as a monkey, monkey or whatever, whatever and, and the straight, straight out of Compton articles and all that, that stuff. Like, I feel like, like there's loads, loads of things, things that people point to in terms, in terms of this was racist or this isn't racist. racist. I, think I think ultimately, ultimately there is a, another, another context in the in fact that she is mixed race and she was treated differently. So I think in anything, in like any industry... You could, you could say, say that, that okay, okay, but, but we, we can't, can't point, point to anything, anything concrete here, here but you, you see, see it time, time and time again where you get treated differently if you are a black, black woman to a white woman and you don't get the same opportunities. opportunities. So, so we can, can say, you can, can like, like, people can argue, argue that, that whether it's racism or not, but my point of view is that ultimately we can't ignore what's in front of us. Right, okay. You can listen to my podcast with Adam that I did about the monkey... Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, he came on and talked about that. I think I, I listened to it at the time. time. It was a bit. It was a big hot button topic at the time, and <laughs> everyone seems to have com- completely, completely forgotten about it a week later. <laughs> at the time, it was like we're really going to hit the views <laughs> with this one, and now no, I don't even remember that bloke's name that did that. <laughs> but yeah, was, so what do you think about the um, the thing? The only thing I can remember them saying about the royal family's racism is that uh, someone made a comment about wondering what skin tone the baby would have. Was, was there anything else? I said, said that the royal family was racist. racist. I think it's the media portrayal of Megan was skewed by race. Right, so it's just the media. Think, well, as far, as, far as, as I'm aware, I don't, apart, apart from that, that, I don't think anything's ever said that the royal family... Well, they they said in the Oprah interview that someone made someone within the royal family fairly high up made this comment. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying yeah, apart, apart from that, that comment. Oh, right, from right. That. It's, so it's just that. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think about that comment? Could that have been not racist, or 
Is is it racist? What do you think is racist? Well, obviously, I w- we weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could imagine a conversation w- that isn't where that isn't a racist comment, where you're just musing about how how dark a baby's going to be when they they are too how dark or light a baby is going to be when they uh, there are two different races um, having a baby. And do you think there's ever... So you think that could be said with no negative connotation over having a darker baby? Yeah. Yeah. And as it was told, there wasn't anything in it that made me think that it had to be a negative... There wasn't wasn't anything negative in it, in the telling, other than Megan is saying it as if it is a negative thing. But I think think that's that's how how a lot of people from ethnic ethnic backgrounds would look at it it as a negative thing and a lot lot of white white people people wouldn't because because I think ultimately in in that that kind of context context, when you're you're surrounded by white white people people, you're the the only only black person in that family and they're like how dark is the baby going to be? I think you do take that negatively and you do take it some kind of way because it's like are you saying that you don't want the baby to be dark? But they didn't say that. But, but it's, it's implied. implied. I don't think it's implied. Why is that implied? Isn't that ju- just... Or like, or like why, why is that, that important, important to you? Why would you bring it up? This is musing. On but why, why, why would you muse that? Well, because there's two different races having a baby. It could be... the. It could be... Um, it could be, a, you know, the darkest baby that ever was ever born into the royal family. And that would then become a kind of a symbol for... Uh, a new beck- beckoning in of a new era to the royal family. If there was a visible... So you think they were saying that because they were hoping for the darkest baby ever born? They were probably musing. <laughs> they were probably musing about how dark the baby would be. I'm imagining. It could be as negative as... But I think the point is that a lot of people from ethnic minorities would take that musing as a negative thing. Regardless of what the intention of... Or was of, of the, the person, person who said it, why would, would you say it? Like, like why, why is that, that an appropriate thing to muse on? Um, is it appropriate or inappropriate? I mean, it's slightly kind of clumsy in this day and age to say something like that, probably. Um, I mean, I think, I think it would be clumsy, clumsy in any day and age. I'd imagine in a lot of interracial relationships, of which I'm not a connoisseur, but... Uh, I'm imagining that they have conversations about how dark or light the children are going to be. So maybe this royal said it in a particular clumsy way, or there was no lead in, and he just whoever it was just came in and said, so what do you think about how dark the baby's going to be, or something. But So maybe that's just kind of social, being socially uh, clumsy. But also it can also... I do think the intention is what matters. I don't think the intention is always. I think a lot of things are racist. And the person doesn't mean the person is intentionally trying to be racist, but that's what they said it is. Because ultimately, racism is like a social construct. Or like, ultimately, there's this like false distinction between race and separating people into different races which is not actually based on biology and a lot of racism is about 
making or perpetuating this distinction with the overarching tone that white or lighter is better than darker. And I think with the historical context of that family, I think there's no way that music could have come across to someone who is an ethnic minority as not racist. Because the history of the royal royal family. Yeah, because the history of race in general as well. I'm I'm letting what you've said settle into my into my brain. Would I know, you, would you, would you, so Adam, Adam and Grace, Grace they, had they had a baby. Would you say to Adam and just started musing to Grace? Oh, how, how dark, dark do you think the baby's going to be? No, but I could see how that would come up in conversation. And, and I, I think, think if it come, come up, up with conversation, conversation without the parents instigating that conversation, conversation I, would I would have said, like, if one of our friends had said that, I would have been like, yeah, that's racist. That it would be inherently racist to talk about it. Yeah. All right, that's interesting. Um, the, the, who do you think it was that said it? So, so I, really I really thought, thought it was Prince Philip, Philip but didn't, didn't they, they come, come out that it was that lady in waiting or something? It feels like a very Prince Philip conversation. I think everyone just assumed it was Prince yeah. Philip. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Prince Philip. Philip. Yeah. But what, who was it? They, they said, said, there was some article that said it was like a lady in waiting, like to the Queen. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay, that name rings a bell. Yeah. No the lady in waiting is what? Just one of her mates? Yeah, yeah he like, like attends on her. No, all right, so that's fair. You think that's that's proper? That's was a racist thing to say. But obviously, we're only hearing Megan just kind of say that, so we don't know what the build-up was. But I guess Megan took it like that, so that mm. that is what it is. But that what saying that in the interview is an attack on the. On the royal family, isn't it? Well, I think if, if it, it was, was said, said and you wanted, wanted to air it, it then... Especially when you're being vague about who said it. I think I it's think more of a tact to say, this person said this. I think it's less of a tact to be like, a comment like this was made and it made me feel X way. And it's an example of how I've been feeling. But she said someone within the royal family. So that you have to take that as an attack on the royal family. Surely. But does anything have, have to be an attack? Like, why, why can't, can't they, they just say, say what happened? happened? The, but there must be a more tactful way of saying... You could say, I've had conversations with people. But then, then you, you said, said earlier, earlier everything, everything they say is so vague, vague and you, and you can't, can't believe, believe them. them. But that's they do they do the attack, and then when they give evidence about you know, what was said, it's vague, and Harry's saying, oh no, we never accused anyone of of being racist so they they say it and then they backtrack and just the, oh you know we're just talking about our experience but I need to see some if you're going to make accusations I need to see or I need to hear some explanation as to what it is how it was said what was said around it who said it obviously um, otherwise just don't say it and I would err on the on the side of just don't say that I can understand why. I don't, I don't agree. When was the Oprah interview again? Do you remember? 2021. 
So yeah, yeah I think we have to really, I think we need to remember the wider context of that year as well. I think we need to think about everything that happened with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, everything that happened in 2020. And I think there was a reason for them to say that. And I think they probably felt a personal responsibility to come out and talk about the experience they've had because people were talking more about race at that time. And it probably felt like them, to them, like, in, in a, a crucial, crucial thing, thing to, to share, share within, within this wider, wider global, global movement. movement that they felt they were kind of contributing to the conversation by do, by doing that yeah, yeah. do you think and, it's, and I, I think there's like, like more, more to your point, point of like they, they shouldn't have said, said anything or left it alone, alone. I, think I think there's just so, so many things where like, like in, in so, so many situations that people don't say anything especially like work situations or friendship situations and actually in the context of Black Lives Matter I think, I think people, people are vocalizing, vocalizing things, things more and actually it's, it's not a good idea to just not say anything and let the things slide. And I and think when you do say it, you are asked, asked like, well, what time have they said it and who said it? And then it's like, well, I don't want to give you all those facts. I'm just trying to explain how it came across to me. And actually having all those like badgering questions makes like, you feel like you're the crazy one. And I think it's quite good for Megan to come out and like role model like, yes, in these situations you can speak up. And yeah, people might badger you and want like all the details or they want to explain it away. But ultimately, you're allowed to, or it's good for you to sort of raise these issues. That you can speak up after the fact, you mean? Yeah. Like some time later. Um I guess I approach that interview and every interview they do as they're obviously speaking negatively about the royal family. That's kind of the reason why they're doing the interview. It's the reason why Harry's coming out with a book. I, I don't think the book's about the royal family. I think the book's about the media. I think. So, so I will preface this: I have, I have not read the book. book. I just I listened to a two-hour two podcast of okay. people talking. Well, no, I, I obviously haven't read um, the book either. And they, and they went, went sort of through it from the beginning to end, and I think the whole book is framed in terms of the media is bad, and here is why. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. So it's it's about it's it's an attack on the media primarily, and I think the documentary is primarily an attack on the media as well. But it's quite clearly the royal family is a secondary target of their... It's an adversarial piece about the royal family. All of their things that they put out these days. And Harry, when you hear him in interviews, is really angry at the royal family and doesn't cloak... Well, he cloaks everything in this vague language, but he doesn't cloak his feelings towards the royal family. And so when he when they Harry and Meghan come out with a comment like that, or bring up a topic like that, it's hard to separate that from being a hit piece on the royal family to me. Mm. And I find that I find courting negative perceptions about the royal family to be quite a dangerous thing for Harry to do to his family, considering this isn't just. A social media war between I understand mm. that you're saying that they're influencers now but the royal family has kind of a, a has their role in the UK to some extent by consent i.e. that lots of other kings and queens have fallen because of because of uprisings mm. and we in this country recognize that things are fine and thus we haven't overthrown the and we and did it well way back yeah <laughs> but then we just got a new one in afterwards. Uh -huh. so I think it's a dangerous thing to 
to court that kind of attention towards your your own family who are there to govern. And if I could just... But then, one, they, they don't, don't govern. govern. Two, Two what, what, what is, is the danger? danger? Like, like, if, if the royal family uprising. stopped being the royal family... Because realistically, realistically, we're not, not going to have, have an uprising, uprising now. now. It would be a constitutional decision, so it would have to be a re- referendum. Right. And, and then, then abolishment, abolishment piecemeal, piecemeal, probably over, like, 100-year time frame or something like that. Um... But, but like, like, why is that such a bad thing? Like, like, but why, why, why is that bad? It's, it's not, not like, like for Harry's point of view, is going to set them free of this obligation. obligation. He's, He's probably thinking, like, my, my nephews are going to have to go through this. Yeah, but and like, like, why is my family? But, but, what a selfish way of looking at it, that your perception of what's happening and you have to save everyone from... Uh, it's... Can't you just let other people make the decision for themselves? And that's why you should... I think stay quiet about these things rather than airing dirty laundry. Airing dirty laundry. That's <laughs> Why are you so good? Dirty laundry literally, literally needs to be aired. aired. Like, like you, you need, need to wash it and you need to air it. Dirty. Yeah, exactly. Because wash then it. Be dirty. Yeah, wash it and then air it. Wash it and then air it. Yeah, so you're airing clean laundry. No, no. Sometimes you want a pair of like jogging bottoms once. Okay. You're like, I'm just going to be at home. Can I do another air? You like, can you? can do. Can you wear them again? And you kind of shake them out and you air them and then you put them on. Oh, I've never done that. Uh, like, like jogging bottoms or like a hoodie, hoodie or like obviously I re-wear stuff all yeah. the time this is, must be like the 30,000th time I've worn these jogging bottoms without washing them yeah but so you gave, gave it a bit of air, air and you put, put them, them back, back on I don't think I aired them really yeah, I just yeah, rolled them up just shaking them out in some way to put your leg through them yeah I guess kind of yeah you have to air it I at least like look which leg it's going in sometimes Dirty laundry. laundry. When, when they, they won't, won't let, let you clean, clean the laundry, you got to air it dirty. Because otherwise, on the edge, yeah, do you think you better just let laundry fester in the corner? Well, I think this is a way to ensure that the laundry will remain dirty for longer. I think the road to redemption is now far murkier. You're getting lost down this laundry <laughs> metaphor, but it's going it to it's got to be harder. To, <laughs> it's got to be harder to. Uh, to clear to get the stains out um given what they've what they've said and done well maybe there's, there's always going to be a remnant of the stains, stains. Maybe, maybe like, like on, on both, both sides people, people have, have done, done things, things where, where they, they can't, can't take, take it back, back. Hopefully, hopefully they will be able, be able to have some sort of family relationship they like need a bit of vinegar nature, but, but i always use vinegar for all stains I have this thing, I have a vanish stain bar. It's one of the best purchases of my life. A bar? It's just like a bar of soap. It works so well on so many stains. I've had it for years. It's not even reduced. Like, it's a bar of soap, but it's not. It's still quite a lot of soap. Yeah. It's only like five pounds. I get so many stains out of that thing. I think Layla would be interested because we've got a. We have loads of tea stains on all our bedding. Yeah. We like to have a cup of tea in bed in the morning or in the evening. And. Yeah, all of, and we're not very careful. I managed, I managed to get out some, some really old, old stains on my sheets. Okay, well maybe we should bar. give this vanish bar. Do you think it's still in circulation? I mean, I, I hope, hope so. It's great. Not your bar. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we might as well borrow possible. yours, and if, if it's not going to reduce down. Um, one I mean, it does reduce. You can't, you can't borrow mine. It does obviously <laughs> reduce down. I was like, had it for so long that it's not even reduced down that Okay, okay, okay. One thing I was going to tag on the end of this danger danger to the royal family thing though 
my la- this is my pretty much my last point. Um, when Harry says in the book that he's killed twenty uh, yeah. insurgents. I don't know if he used that word, but he killed 20 people during his two tours of Afghanistan. That's very dangerous for him and the royal family in general as a risk of um, reprisal Mm -hmm. attacks, isn't it? Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, I just want to say I'm very anti. I'm a pacifist. I'm anti-war, and I really didn't like that last stuff about him being a soldier. And I think it—I've let's not even go down that route. But, but um, I, guess I guess the royal family is always a target. So, so are they even any more of a target? Like, like they've already, already got, got loads of security. security. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure the, the Taliban would be, be like, if we can get, get one of those top dollar. dollar. Yeah, so but haven't they? Ha- haven't they focused the target onto the royal family by saying something like that? Or Harry himself. I don't think it's like more. I think it can probably be Harry himself because he's obviously easier to pick off now as well. He doesn't have the official security. Yeah. So I don't think that's. I can't, I can't imagine, imagine that, that created more danger than there was already. No, I'd imagine that the focus would centre on the royal family in a way where previously the royal family was just a let's we'll get them if they can, if we can kind of target, and now it'll be like let's what get a them. what a statement it would be. I mean, obviously it would have been a statement before, but. Mm. It's a statement that now aligns with a political message of theirs. Um, I can, I can see, I can, I can see, see why, why that could be the case. case. I, don't I don't think so. And I think the, the Taliban's in a very different place now as well. So the Taliban's in government, so they are trying to be recognised as a government by the international community. Right. So they're probably less likely to do those sorts of attacks. I wasn't expecting some Taliban propaganda from you today. No, I'm very anti-Taliban. That's big of you. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I think also, um... There's, There's different, different, like, political, political geopolitical context, context at the moment. But also, Harry, he says he's doing this whole... I'm just still going. I'm just still furious. Harry says he's he's done all this moving to California and whatever to protect his family. That's what he keeps saying. I need yeah. to protect my family. I need to protect my wife. And he goes and says that. Yeah. He's an idiot. He's, he's such not, an not idiot. <laughs> he's not clever. He comes across so dumb to me. But, but that's also... You're, you're saying, saying the royal family is like, like a great, great thing, thing and there are all these values, values and we should, we should put, put them in danger. danger. Harry would born into that family. family. He's, He's not, not clever. clever. Imagine, Imagine if Harry had been first. He, he could just be king and we'd all be following him. him. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, the royal family. I'm not, I'm not like anti-royals, actually. I'm not, I'm not necessarily gunning them to get rid of them. But I actually don't, don't think they, they do that much for this country. country. I, don't I don't think we need them. And... Like, like, if, if any, any idiot, idiot like, like Harry can be part of the royal family, surely that's a that's a reason to get rid of them. Maybe like they're not cleverer than us. They're not better than us. They're not. They don't have any special thing that makes them a role model to the rest of society. Well, Harry certainly doesn't. Andrew definitely doesn't. Charles cheated on his wife. Remember bad thing. Yeah, like, they, they do so, so much stuff that, that that's, that's not, not um, that's not, not what we should be aspiring, aspiring to. Yeah, obviously, yeah, you shouldn't be cheating on your wife. Even uh, the, queen the queen wasn't a saint. Like, what did the queen the Nazi salutes when she was doing when she was young. The whole Commonwealth, like, I know she really, like, like she really believed in the Commonwealth. I think there are good things about it, but ultimately, you're just trying to retain the wealth of nations that you stole. I think you've got to. With the, with Nazi salutes, this is maybe going to be my most controversial <laughs> thing I'll say today. 
With Nazi salutes, I think you've got to cut people a bit of slack. I don't know when the Queen <laughs> did that. I think you've got to cut people a bit of slack that were doing it as a sign of respect to Germans mm-hmm. in like the uh, like in before the early before any of the unpleasantness come out. I know that before obvi- they knew. But obviously, the Nazis were an unpleasant mm-hmm. party from the start because of all the um, mm-hmm. the literature that they were posting mm-hmm. and the, the kind of violent way that they came to power. But also, that wouldn't have probably wouldn't have been common knowledge to everyone back in the day. I mean, so if like, read Mein Kampf, Kampf and then there was, was a bit of a clue. Well, yeah, but I'm assuming <laughs> that the Queen didn't read Mein Kampf. <laughs> Maybe she's read it now. I mean, yeah. she, she lived a long life, so yeah, she she's got to read something. Um, Did you know that Mein Kampf is? I was told Mein Kampf is the is the most sold book today in Turkey. People are still. <laughs> I did not know that it was the most sold book in Turkey. That's what I was told. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Isn't that weird? I mean, I, mean, I, I, I think, think we need to fact check that. that. I, feel I feel like we like can't, can't be throwing, throwing that around. We need to get angry emails from Turkish people. Like, I feel like we're going to get so angry emails throughout this podcast. <laughs> Everything you said is wrong. What am I going to type in? Mein camp. Turkey. Most. Oh, yeah, I'll just put Turkey. Just, yeah. I'm sure it's Turkey. I was watching a documentary on Netflix called Hitler's Secret Sex Life. Which is quite interesting. I'm not sure if I really trust all the stuff that they're saying. But they're basically saying that Hitler had um, problems with his genitalia from an, from an early age. And uh, that he was addicted to drugs. I think, I think there, there, was, was, there, there is evidence, evidence for the drug use. I don't, I don't know, know about, about the genitalia. Apparently he, he had like a drug man that followed him everywhere he went. Who was, yeah, who was a quack. I think loads of them are. I'm sure Churchill, Churchill was taking, taking cocaine. Because, because people didn't know yeah. it was so bad. There was cocaine in coke. You know what I mean? I feel like drugs were not seen as bad, as as detrimental. But yeah, I've got a point to make, but I don't know how to articulate it very well. But it's about this idea that get like putting a target on the royal family is dangerous or wanting to get rid of the royal family is bad and how people reacted when the Queen died. So I'm not going to articulate this this well, but I remember, I'm going to name and shame, that Vicky Pattinson, who was on Geordie Short, who I used to follow on Instagram, put up this really long story about how she couldn't believe people weren't being respectful about how the Queen died, and actually loads of people were really sad when the Queen died, but also worried about what this means for our future and our stability, especially with the whole Liz Trust stuff going on. And, and essentially being, being like, like, you know, you know it, feels it feels like after the pandemic, pandemic everything's, everything's so vulnerable, vulnerable now, now and we, we don't have, have the queen to guide us and, us and we're scared and we're worried and we feel vulnerable that our British institutions are like falling down. And I just, I thought it was the worst thing I'd ever read. I had to unfollow her. I was like, this is absolute bullshit. To me, this is just someone who reads really like scared. And I think she said like, we're worried about the future of the Commonwealth without the queen and stuff like that. It's like, so, so you're, you're basically a very <laughs> yeah, yeah like you're, you're very, a very privileged, privileged white woman who has the queen as this symbol of someone who represents you, you and, and now she's gone and you're just worried that you won't be able to maintain your position in society. And I think and a lot of people who defend the royals of how we should act and how we should be, you just like the fact they're propping up this idea of you being the dominant people in this in this world, as in white people. Yeah, yeah. I, think. I think that um, it's nice that the Queen was a, a woman. 
I do, I do like, like the fact that the, fact the queen, queen was a woman. I really, I really didn't, didn't want a king. king. I was like, I, think I can't have a king. I think that's, that's just so a nice worse. thing about the country. Because I, mm. I was saying, um, I was having this conversation the other day because we were listening to the national anthem. Not just in, not just uh, like, yeah, not yeah. just like mm. around the kitchen table, but mm. like before the rugby or something. And I was saying, God save the king just sound, just doesn't sound right. It Whereas have the good, good, God good save the queen. Maybe this is going to sound, um, a bit sexist of me but I felt like God Save the Queen kind of had the connotation to me as well as other connotations it kind of had the connotation of like we all need to band together to protect the Queen like she rose to the throne as a really young woman mm. and we all kind of had to come together as a nation to to protect yeah. her and support her whereas God Save the King is just some old guy yeah I don't really care about the races that much but it just doesn't have the same nice ring to it. I, I agree. Yeah. And it's just not a great... I mean, it's a, it's a fine anthem, but it's just... It's not, not the best. best. No, it's not. <laughs> I still think Wales is the best. Uh, I always forget what it is. You've told, you told me about the The Welsh one? Yeah. Do you watch the rugby? No. Do you watch any of the sports? No, no sports at all. No sports. It used to be a really athletic... Oh, I, I, like, I like, to like, like to do sports. I don't like to What sports do you like to do? I like to go to the gym. That's not a sport. But no, it's like, if someone invited me to like go play netball, I would find it very fun. We did rowing, that's a sport. Me and you did rowing together. I don't remember. I need to practice. I literally am like, okay, as soon as you can go rowing again, it like springs. I'm going to go practice. I think I remember now that you were quite bad. Yeah, I'm so bad. I'm genuinely going to practice. Then I'm going to be like, oh, do you just like go rowing one day? Yeah. I think next time we'll go earlier in the day yeah. I think that was our problem and I'll get there at 8am and then row for hours well sure you'll be knackered won't oh, you by the time knackered. rowing is a really I, I feel like you have to be really strong and fit to, to row I am strong and fit are you? this is not coordinated the anyway this is a very well topic <laughs> <laughs> well we're about done I mean those are pretty much my gripes with the royal family with the royal family which side am I on again you're on my side you converted me no, but I do. Just, you see, I know, I know what you mean about, about Harry and Meghan, Meghan being self-centered, but do you, do you see how they have got, got to this point, point of wanting, wanting to share their story? Yes, but because they're self-centered, is how they've. But wouldn't you? No. But imagine let's say every day for the next year, I'm going to tell our friends some mean stories about you. And, and sometimes, sometimes they're going to be based on truth if I can get, get some leaks from Layla. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they're just going to be made up. up. Sometimes it's going to be like, like wore a sh- jumper. jumper. But sometimes, then, well, first of all, that I, is going to be an outright lie. Exactly. Okay? I got you're rid of all my sh- jumpers. You're going to want to defend yourself. Yeah. There's going to be a point where to our friends, you're going to want to tell your side of the story. And you're going to say, how much is just being mean? She's saying all these mean things. And they're going to be like, well, why are you telling us this? You're just putting more attention. And why, why would she, she be, be so mean? mean? Maybe, Maybe it's, it's based, based in truth, truth and you're being a bit vague. vague. I mean, I mean you, you did, did wear, wear a jumper, jumper didn't you? No, not a <laughs> one. This one's not great. This one's starting to get a bit. I need to take these exactly. bubbles off it. You want to defend yourself with people who mean about No, I see the point that they're making about the <laughs> jumper. But the, um, I, I think of it in terms of there are loads of murders, unsolved murders or murders where someone's in prison but people still question whether the right person or something and there's always there are always loads of suspects like could it have been the dad could it have been the ex-boyfriend 
And these people don't come out and do 50 interviews. There's a clamour for them to speak within the murder world, uh, which is quite a popular burgeoning world. You know, mm-hmm. crime shows and crime podcasts are like the most popular thing. And they don't come out and speak. Partly, part of that is because they want to protect them. They genuinely want privacy. But, but don't you think, think there's a difference between, between one, are they, they offered a hundred million, million to come, come out and speak? And speak. Two, Two, this, this is, is the whole world. world. Like, like, yes, yes, the murder, like, podcast, like, podcast and the murder, murder world, world is huge, huge but this is, like, like think, think how, how much, much demand, demand there is, because, because they, they wouldn't, wouldn't get paid, paid that, that much, much if there wasn't this much demand to hear about Harry and Meghan. And finally, for Harry, he's lived his whole life in the eye of the media. So for him to come out and speak, does, does feel more natural, natural rather than, than Joe Bloggs, who's never, never been famous. famous. Suddenly this murder happens, and then and they, they know what privacy is like, and they, they can, can go back, back to it. it. But for but Harry, he's, he's someone who's like, like, my whole life has been this way. way. Even, Even if, if I go, go quietly, quietly they probably are going to keep writing, writing stories about me, so I might as well set the tone myself. But is Harry... But the murder suspects, people are going to write about them until the end of time as well, until they come out and speak. But has Harry spent his whole life doing interviews? Like, no, no, he's only doing, doing the interviews when he's older, older but, but when, when he was really young, young with Diana, Diana they, were they were constantly chased by paparazzi. They were chased, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he was like, in front yeah. of the camera, but he's not used to g- giving these sit-down yeah. interviews where he tells his side mm. of the story. Exactly, so for him it's like, they've already always chased me and put their own narrative on it. I want to sit in front of the camera and tell my narrative. But to me, it's purely about that he is too egotistical to not realise that... He's told his narrative and people just aren't impressed with it. Yeah, I feel like at this point, maybe they they should... Just, they, 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 they have, have been, been able, able to set the record, record straight. straight. So yeah. it'll be interesting They've what had they do. enough. I don't think they're going to go, go away. But, but hope, what, what I would hope for them, if, if I was their press, press person, yeah. is I would be like, right, like, we really need to start, start shifting the narrative away from the family and towards the charity work because that's what they say they're interested in and they want to do. So I would start building that foundation and all these interviews you're doing about the family, that's your platform to try and get in what you're doing next. Shut up about the family. Stop saying things about the family. No, I'm just saying, saying from a press, press secretary point of view, right, okay, this okay. is what, what I would say. I would say, say in all these fair interviews, because, because they've probably got a deal with the publisher, publisher where, they have, where Harry has to do X number of interviews or interviews with XYZ to promote the book. So, so as, as their, their best person, person, I would say, right, right the next, the, the long term goal is for you to focus on your Africa charities because that's, that's what they, they care about, about apparently. apparently. Mm. So, so in, in all of these interviews, we're going to mention the Africa charities heavily and we're going to try and over the next year shift the narrative towards that. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think that's a, a bad. They certainly should mm. that's slowly yeah, stop yeah. talking about the family. Yeah, yeah I, think I think they need, they need to, to stop, stop talking. Just about live that. Their, just however they want to live their lives now. Just do it. Yeah. And so hopefully, yeah, they've said their piece. Yeah. Unless yeah. Megan's got, got, got some more. Yeah. <laughs> if Megan does a book deal, I really hope, hope it's in like five, five ten years. years. But if Megan does a book deal in the next two years, you have to turn against her. If, if Megan, Megan does a book deal in the next, next two years, years I, will I will read the book, book as long as it's under like 400 pages because I can't take more than that. Surely it would be under 400. How is this so long? That's true, but Megan's got that troubled childhood to to write about. Oh, God. Something <laughs> to do with her dad or... Uh, anyway. Is it? I don't think she had a troubled childhood. I think that's racism. What's the whole thing with her dad? No, 
yeah, but I think um, her parents were just divorced. But I think she did have a relationship with her dad. Remember, I think I got this in the documentary, didn't I? They had that whole bit about how she used to go and stay with her dad and they were really close. I don't remember that bit. I remember, I remember seeing, seeing like, like photos of her young and good her dad. Anyway. anyway, I remember that she's definitely more close to her mum. Oh yeah, yeah. I think her mum was her right? and was, was raised like, by her cousins yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. okay. If Megan comes, comes out with, with, with a book in the next two years, years I, will I will read the book and, and come back, back on the podcast, podcast. and chastise her for it, right? Because she could, well, she shouldn't be coming out with a book based on what's in the book. All right, fine. The podcast is over. But don't you think that's quite impressive that we talked about the same thing for the whole... Usually we chat about like lots of different and we get sidetracked and stuff. But clearly this is such a topic that I'm almost ashamed of my... Like, I shouldn't care this much about them. Exactly. But I just hate them. I just hate them. <laughs> and I just want to talk about it all the time. It's the problem! I know. And obviously I see the um, Megan saying... She do, she wants people to stop having a go at her and the media being horrible about her. And here I am doing a podcast about how much I hate her. But I just hate her. And you I didn't even talk about South Park episode. Oh, yeah, well. I didn't actually think the South Park episode no, was good. No, it wasn't good. a good episode. But it seems to have done some... Di- everyone's talking about it. Yeah, yeah like... like- it wasn't, it wasn't a very, very good episode of South Park. They were better writers than that. Though. Yeah, it was just no, like, kind of the obvious thing about doing loads of interviews when they want yeah. privacy. It's so, like, so, yeah, there's so, yeah, such a, yeah, that's such an obvious point. Like, obviously, we've all made that comment. Um, but they should just, especially because of like South Park are going to keep doing episodes and stuff, they should just go away now from the public spotlight. Do their charity work. Stay in the California out. mountains or in Canada or wherever they are now. Yeah, they've yeah, got, got hundred million now. That's what I would do. Yeah. And plus this book. I don't know how much he's getting from the oh, book. Definitely Isn't it like the best selling book of yeah. all time? Do you want do you have a book to plug? Yeah, just, just follow, follow me on Amazon's bookshelf. Book follow me on TikTok especially. I'm in his bookshelf on TikTok mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you're close to your two thousand mark on yeah. on TikTok. We're gonna we gonna Breakthrough. How many you got on Instagram now? Five thousand. Which one's more? Is the Instagram more important to you? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm that, trying to build, build the TikTok. TikTok. Okay. I don't. I just don't understand TikTok. You know what? It's quite, quite fun, fun when you get into, into it. I really just started mine on a whim, and then mm. I got really obsessed with it. What's the in the last? Uh, let's say there are thirty seconds left, because obviously there's no timer on this podcast. But let's just assume that there's thirty seconds left. What's the what's the one book that people should be reading this year? Oh, I, had, I, was, I was about to say, say a quote, quote from Megan. Megan. So so I wanted to- <laughs> <laughs> okay, serious. well, t- tell me a good book and then tell me a quote from Megan. <laughs> um, good, good book. This this is coming out this year. year. So, so if, if you, you go onto my blog, amazonbookshelf.com, you can find a list of black debut authors in 2023. That's got a range of books by black authors that are coming out this year. In particular, I'm excited for Dazzling. Um, it's being published by Headline. It's just come out at the end of February, and I'm about to start reading it. It's about two Nigerian girls, and it's sort of literary, magical realism. You seamlessly transitioned into your Instagram voice. <laughs> You um, how do you know that they're going to be good if they? I don't, I don't know, but they're, they're ones that I'm excited for. What, what makes you excited? I just, I just did, did some research. research about like how they were written and stuff. No, 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 no
No, just, just about, about like, like what, what books, books were coming out, out read the blurbs, sort of. Oh, so the blurbs them. get you excited. Yeah, yeah even like, and the publishers tend to be good publishers. Yeah, mm. it's, it's ones, ones that, that I, maybe, maybe I'll be wrong, wrong but. Because I do it's always think, when I see your Instagrams and you say, I'm really excited about this debut author, I'm like, how can you be excited as a debut author? Because I, I look, look at them and research them, and then I'm like, I think this is going to be a good book. I think they've got something interesting to say. Right. Sometimes they're doing something like a bit, bit different or innovative yeah. like within a genre. Are we going to have another book um, party? Yeah, I've been saying that for like two years. Ago. Yeah, we're, we're, we're well up for it still. Because the only books I read are for your book parties yeah we should have another one I do have one that Layla's dad gave me for Christmas that I've started and I do want to start reading that what is it I sent it to you didn't I it's James something if it's, if it's by a man, man I probably know <sighs> classic <laughs> manny James Baldwin oh James Baldwin yeah another, I read it I, I, I want to I want to read that apparently it's very good maybe we should, we should all read it maybe all read it together read it. Yeah. yeah really good good idea Layla's dad reckons that he's the best uh, yeah. author of Lose? that style. Loads of people think that he's amazing. And I and recently read a book, book by like a really famous author that everyone told me was amazing, and I thought it was amazing. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Like, sometimes I love when. Right. Yeah, I love when you think something's going to be amazing and it is, and it lives yeah. up to expectations. It feels really. It feels like you're sh- all sharing something really special in the world. Yeah. When it's like critically acclaimed stuff. Anyway, the podcast's over now. Um, but um, the final quote. Oh yeah, sorry. From Megan. So what, what really strikes me about Megan is when she said, "I expected a lot of media around me, and I didn't expect it to all." No, I it. <laughs> what she said. She said that she she, she, she expected a lot of media, but she expected it to be fair. And I think that's the main thing about Meghan and Harry. I think a lot of the stories about them. I don't think it's necessarily fair when there are untrue things perpetrated by them, or people like I just have a visceral hate of them because that's nothing they can change. It's not really based on. You know, you're not not putting anything anything concrete concrete of what what they've they've done done that's wrong. wrong. So So ultimately, ultimately, the reason reason I defend defend Harry and Meghan isn't because I think they're perfect perfect people. I don't think they've handled everything right. I don't think they're they're necessarily the smartest smartest people. people. But But I do do think think that a lot of things about them are really unfair and we should try and understand where they're coming from. I think she's full of shit. Then that whole thing about that she never Googled him. Oh, come on yeah. come on or like she didn't, didn't know who the royal family like she didn't know I wasn't born yesterday deal. come on <laughs> anyway goodbye to the folks at home thank you for listening I'm all alone every night how I moan and how I fight those big city blues I walk for miles place to place, but no one smiles to help me chase those big city blues.